0: Ho, ho, ho Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. I am Nick Parker with Link to Lee Summit, and this is my uh, my co-host cohort. Cat suit wearing guy Jason Norberry. Oh
1: wait, let's let's not underestimate the power of the coordinated tie to go with that today. I've upgraded from the pod this week, so
0: I am super excited about this special episode, Jason. I'm happy to finally get back on the show with us, Santa Claus. It's the big man. Welcome, Santa. Thank you all
1: very much. It's good to be here. We we can safely say you are by far the most famous guest we have ever had on this podcast. Um, I think that's. I don't think there's any any contest to that as it goes. But we're going to ask. So Santa, we are we are doing this by Zoom. How is uh how how are things uh how are things handling in the uh, in the Santa Claus department in this in this worldwide pandemic year? Well, we're taking precautions just like
2: everybody else. Elves are wearing masks. The reindeer will be wearing masks on Christmas Eve, as will I. So we're taking every precaution possible because, you know, we want to keep everybody safe, including ourselves. So that's why we're Zooming here instead of being uh, flying into Lee Summit uh, tonight and doing this live. Hopefully next year we can return to doing it in person
0: that is that is the big hope I can't wait to to be in person with you again and, and you know we have some we've the last few years we've had a great time getting pictures you know, the kids get pictures with you and they get to sit with you as you read your stories we're gonna do that again tonight where you get to read some of your favorite holiday stories we're also going to take some time if any of our viewers want to leave some questions post some questions in the comments section we will relay those on to Santa so that he can answer all of your pressing questions here's Jason and I on our podcast we talk a lot about process santa uh-huh. so here's what i want to know How has the supply chain slowdown from covid affected the north pole <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that's i can safely say i've never gotten that question before <laughs>
1: yes, <first.
2: laughs> um the supply chain well we uh we have gone through many many pandemics the plague the dark ages and we've still been able to uh, get everything done as we need to. So that's currently the case. We planned ahead on this because we saw what could possibly happen. And we're in good shape as far as uh, toys and everything for all the continents. We don't have to worry about Australia getting shortchanged or anything like that this year. Right.
1: I, I'm going to assume New Zealand's not going to get shortchanged because they seem to have gotten their stuff picked up. You'll get a little break from the mask while you're running through there. We are getting a a lot of uh, comments already. You can see those on your screen. A lot of uh, a lot of our young listeners are communicating through their parents' Facebook accounts. So keep those comments coming. Uh, Santa does see them on your screen, so we want to make sure he will see them, and we will uh, we will make sure to to say hello as well from those like. Blakely and Elite Elsie and all sorts of folks that are doing that. We're, we're not going to say hi from John, but we will definitely say hello from Addie um, as well. So, um, And we know Addie is going to be on the nice list. I don't know about that John guy.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in our first question from a listener, Megan Roberts. Their question from their family. How are the elves doing?
2: And the elves are doing quite well. You know, we're in the last few days before Christmas. It's a very stressful time. Even though no matter how well we plan, it still gets stressful at the end. And they're working very hard, basically around the clock right now. We have over 3000 elves at the North pole. They're working extremely hard. They're wearing their masks and they're eating a lot of sugar at this time to keep going, which tends to put them on edge a little bit. They're not the most pleasant to be around right now, (laughs) but once Christmas is done and they get a chance to relax and, and to get the sugar out of their system, they'll be fine. But this is, this is a known problem every year. And, uh, they're doing great considering.
0: I'm going to throw out a question from Lucy, but I'm betting that there are you know thousands of kids with this same question. Have the elves, from the Elf on the Shelf, have they been reporting back? Are you getting good reports from the Lee Summit Area kids?
2: Uh, yes, so far so good. Snow Angel, by the way, has reported back. And, uh, yeah, everybody's doing good. They're working very hard on trying to stay on the nice list. Usually, you know, this is the big countdown, the last week before Christmas. So everybody, uh, the reports I'm getting are everyone is doing their very, very best to make sure they're on the nice list.
0: Well, fantastic. Well, let's let's move in now, Santa. Are you ready for your your first story of the night?
2: Uh, I can do my first story? Sure, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, here, here is Santa Claus reading one of his favorites, Yes, Virginia.
2: All right. Here we go. I think you all are probably very familiar with the story of Virginia. Is there a Santa Claus? We take pleasure in answering at once and thus prominently the communication below, expressing at the same time our great gratification that its faithful author is numbered among the friends of the newspaper known as The Sun. Dear Editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, it is so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? From Virginia O. Hanlon, New York City. The sun's answer, Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except what they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant in his intellect, as compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity exist in the world. And as well as devotion. And you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would the world be if there was no Santa Claus? It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then. No poetry. No romance to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in the sense and the sight. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. Not believe in Santa Claus? You might as well not believe in fairies. You might, as, it might uh, get your papa to hire men to watch in all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to catch Santa Claus coming down. But what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus, but that is no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see. Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not, but that's no proof that they are not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all of the wonders there are unseen and unseeable in this world. You tear apart a baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside, but there is no veil covering the unseen world, which not the strongest man, nor the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived could tear apart. Only faith, fancy, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view the picture, the supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia, is this world, there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus? Thank God he lives and lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, nearly ten times ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the hearts of childhood. And that is the end, one of my favorite stories written many years ago, and the answer to that question for Virginia O'Hanlon supplied by the editor of The Sun, Franks, Francis Church, and it, that is an enduring story and uh, one of the favorites of many people.
0: Well, thank you, uh, Santa, for starting that off. That is that is uh, one of my favorite stories as well for the holiday season. Maybe just because I I like anything to do with newspapers, but <laughs> it, it might be. Before we get going, I do want to I want to thank our our sponsor for this this event tonight, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Our friends there in downtown Lee Summit, they are fantastic community partners and partners of this podcast and of this santa event that we try to do every year so thank you to the stoddards and budget blinds of Lee summit and a quick reminder to everybody too there'll be a link Mrs. Link to Lee Summit. My wife, Stephanie, will be posting a link to donate to Lee Summit Social Services tonight. Just click that link, and you can donate and help them out as they work continue their work to help some people in our community. Jason, do we have some more questions? We
1: do. We've got a bunch. I'm trying to keep up. It's actually it's, I'm, it's hard to catch up. I've got to work on my shorthand, apparently, as we go <laughs> through this whole process. But uh, that was a joke for the olds in the audience, not for not for anybody under the age of, like, 40. Uh, So Blakely, uh, asks, how do your reindeer Santa, how do they drive the sleigh? How do they drive the sleigh? Well, as you know, we have very
2: special reindeer at the North pole as they can fly. And there are very few of those type of reindeer only found in the Arctic circle at the top of the world. So they are extremely strong, but they are extremely buoyant and they are, uh, by using nine reindeer, we're able to pull a sleigh full of toys and circle the world in about 36 hours altogether, if you figure in time zones and everything, and visit all of those nice children and those who celebrate Christmas each year.
0: Very good. I, I, I've i seen this question a lot. Uh, the last time I saw it was from Haley and Sophia, and, and I, I've always wondered this, too. Do you have a favorite cookie? Or do you just love them all?
2: Well, as you can probably tell by looking at me, I'll eat pretty much any cookie you set in front of me.
1: <laughs> That's one of, one of the key parts that Sam and I have in common here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the only thing.
1: But the I only do thing. enjoy a good chocolate chip cookie, chocolate chip
2: or an M M&M and M cookie. Ooh,
1: I love those. I I can I can I'm right there with you, man. I'm right <laughs> there with you. Now as I don't ball.
2: get cookies where everywhere I go because for instance in England and Scotland and Ireland, I get a lot of mince pie, which I also love very much they like to put out mince pie so and I, when you go to Wisconsin you get cheese of
0: course <laughs> Now are they I't I, I can't find anything wrong with that Elsie <laughs> would like to know Santa if by chance do you have a picture of of one of your reindeer that you could show. Well,
2: I do not have it. Uh, we have actually framed pictures of them in the uh, stables, but the stables are about 1,000 yards away from where I am, and
0: I don't think
2: my cord's going to stretch that far.
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what, Santa, if you will send one to me in the next few days, I will post it for Elsie on the Lead to Lead Summit Facebook page. I will do that. There, there we, we go, Elsie. We'll take care of you.
1: All right. We got a hard one. And I'm going to, unlike our political interviews, I'm going to let you, I'm going to wa- leave the door wide open for a very politician, non-answer answer here. <laughs> so just want this in advance. But Tatiana has asked the question, which reindeer is your favorite?
2: Oh, see, I get this one a lot. Which reindeer or which elf? And I cannot pick a favorite here because I kind of need all of them. They all have very special skills and they've all been with me for Well, in most cases, hundreds of years, except for Rudolph, who's only 70 years old. He's the youngest. So I can't pick a favorite. I know that many of the uh, kids out there love Rudolph. Some love Comet, but I love them all, and I need every single one of them pulling their best on Christmas Eve.
0: How did you get to meet the reindeer? How did the reindeer come into your your, your world, Santa? How did that, that become part of the thing?
2: Well, you see, the elves are actually originally lived up north. It's a kind of a long story, but just we'll just go with that. The elves originally were in Europe. They moved to the north uh, because they were going to be enslaved for their special skills, toy-making skills, and they were extremely uh, intelligent. So they moved to the north. There they discovered the flying reindeer of the north, and I came along a little later when they started making toys. They built a village, they started making toys, but they had nobody to deliver the toys. So that's when I stumbled upon them on a trip to the Arctic Circle, and I guess you could say the rest is kind of history. They make the toys, I deliver the toys, and the reindeer are vital in making sure that happens.
0: We have a question from Cameron, who I think is about to uh, – grow- she's going to grow up and be a data scientist. She <laughs> wants to know, how many kids are on the nice list this year? Do you, do, do you run this kind of analytics?
2: 1.2 billion as of five minutes
1: ago. That is up to date. Well, this is, this is a man who's – I think he's had some practice on the <laughs> nice list and toy delivery systems, I'm hoping. You've had several victories, yes.
0: <laughs> Lincoln would like to know do the Christmas lights help you see? Oh, that's very good. That's very
2: interesting. Uh, well, I can tell you that finding the Clark Griswold house was very easy. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that one from space. But uh, I I don't really know that it helps me see, but I really do enjoy them. And I love seeing Christmas lights. So uh, I, I we all enjoy them in that in that respect
0: well i I have a kind of a, a on sort of on topic follow up to this Jason and I were just asked in the last week to to judge a neighborhood holiday lights contest and one of the conversations we had in our episode yesterday as we were were talking about the lights is whether or not we're a fan of the classic lights look or the more Griswold esque crazy chaos lights do you have a favorite
2: um well, I, I will just say that I enjoy the multicolored lights much more than just white lights. Everybody has their, you know, their choice, their favorite. I've always enjoyed the uh, multiple colored lights. I just think that it's uh, much more Christmassy, at least to me. But then again, I'm old, so. <laughs> well, we I do. always
0: think there's two there's two kinds of people, right? There are those that have the lights on their tree flashing, and those that have them steady.
2: This is true. I will say that. Clear lights or multicolored lights are still better than the lit candles they used to put on the trees.
0: Fire safety is important kids. Fire very, safety. Very is very important.
1: important. <laughs> <laughs> we have We do have some more. So uh, Ben asks, how old are your reindeer? We, you said earlier that uh, that Rudolph's just around 70. are the uh, how old are the others? Uh, well, Donder is uh, 635
2: years old. Uh, Blitzen, 624. See, Dasher and Dancer are both 628. Prancer and Vixen are 652. Am I missing anybody? Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen. Comet and Cupid. Comet is uh, 641
1: and Cupid is 642. Stupid Donner, Blitzen. That's it. That That is, I mean, I'm going to say this. That's Those guys aren't young, and they are in remarkable shape even to this day. So kudos to whatever food and exercise regimen you have them on.
2: <laughs> well, it's all the elves because, again, the elves were there originally, and they take care of feeding them and uh, caring for them, and they do a tremendous job.
0: Uh, the Sanding children would like to know, are there any other animals at the North Pole?
2: Uh, polar bears at the North Pole. Um, you know, there's some aquatic animals up there. Uh, Mr. Norwall is there. But uh, that's pretty much it. It's uh, the, There's not a lot of things up there. And contrary to popular belief sometimes, penguins are at the South Pole, not the North Pole.
0: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, Jacob wants to know if any of the elves have gotten in trouble. <laughs>
2: Now, I wonder if he's talking about the scout elves that come to people's houses or the elves in the workshop. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, The elves in the workshop uh, all are pretty well behaved. You know, they're not youngsters either. So I wouldn't say that they get in trouble. They can be mischievous sometimes. But trouble,
0: no. I'm going to pass on one more question and I've seen a few versions of this one. So, and, and I apologize that I didn't write all of the names down, uh, but there have been a lot of questions about elves and their ability to fly.
2: Uh, workshop elves up here. They do not fly. No, they only fly in the sleigh,
0: but the elves who come and visit and the scout elves, they, they fly back and forth,
2: right? They have that ability, but the toy making elves, uh, they do not. They, they, actually don't really like to fly that much. They like to stay grounded, I guess you could say.
0: I like this one from Meredith. Our elf is quite messy sometimes. Do you tell them what to do each night? I have nothing to do with the messiness. No. <laughs> they
2: never share that with me. That's what we call that's
1: this plausible deniability. That's right. I that's, that's right. That's excellent.
2: So, yes, if your if you're, uh, elves are acting up, creating messes or something like that, limit their sugar intake. That will help immensely.
0: We're going to do one more question before we go to your next story. And this is a question from Tegan Santa. She wants to know what your favorite color is.
2: My favorite color. Um, actually it's blue. (laughs) I wear a lot of red. I like green, but blue is my favorite color.
0: You know what? I agree with you, Santa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess you do too. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let us, we'll, uh, Jason and I will We'll pull off the screen here for a little bit and let you get to your next story. I believe you told me this was going to be the legend of the Christmas tree.
2: That is correct. All right. The legend of the Christmas tree. There once was a very poor woodcutter who lived with his family deep in the forest On Christmas Eve, they sat down to dinner when they heard a knock at their door. There stood a child in torn, ragged clothes, pale and very hungry. The woodcutter invited the child in for food, even though they did not have that much to share, and they gave him a bed to rest in. The woodcutter and his family prayed to God, thanking him for a warm and safe place to live. Early in the next morning, they woke to the most beautiful singing they had ever heard. They went to the window, and they saw the orphaned child standing with a choir of angels singing a lovely Christmas carol. The child was no longer wearing the tattered clothing, but dressed in a magnificent robe surrounded by a glowing light. When the child saw the woodcutter and his family, he said, I am the Christ child. I have received your kindness and now this is my gift to you. He then broke a branch from a small fir tree and planted it, while telling them, from this day on, this tree shall bear fruit at Christmas, and you shall have plenty, even during the cold winter. As they stood listening, the branch grew into a beautiful tree covered with golden apples and silver nuts, and that poor family was Never in need again.
1: The end. Excellent story, and we want to take a second just to thank our, our sponsor again, Budget Blinds for. I don't know all of you are disappointed I didn't yell that out as <laughs> as in our as our ad reads during the podcast, but uh, we for for sponsoring this and helping us uh, bring Santa to everyone as best we can on Zoom. Uh, at this point, so and and again, to remind everyone that uh, we are also hoping to uh, generate some donations for people who have needs this holiday through Lee Summit Social Services. I'm sure that Mrs. Link to Lee Summit will be happy to post that link again in the comments for those who want to find it. And uh, and there it is on your screen as we speak. You can click that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a secret, Santa. During your story, I I went and donated to to Lee Summit Social Services. So there we. We do have some more questions. Um, We have a question. Have you ever been seen by children (laughs) on Christmas Eve in person? Well, um, if they did see me, it was just a glimpse.
2: Now, many children have sworn that they have seen me and many have sworn that they uh, have heard me. They may have heard the reindeer. But very few, I think, have ever actually gotten a really good look at me. Maybe a glimpse, a flash of red. We're moving very fast on Christmas Eve, even me. So uh, they might have gotten a glimpse, but not a really good look, no.
0: How fast are you flying? Well, here's the thing.
2: As far as Christmas Eve is concerned, we... Are blessed with the ability once a year to have time slow down to allow us to make our rounds and as I was told in the beginning by the ancient elf when I began this mission many many years ago time and darkness travel with you so we are always assured that we will finish on time it doesn't change for people that are in their homes, anybody else. But for us, it does. And uh, we are just very fortunate to be able to have that happen to allow us to make all of our rounds on Christmas Eve. So we're not uh, we're not flying at the speed of light or anything like that. It may seem that way to you all, but not to us.
1: That's I don't true. know. I was I was really hoping for uh, a, a special relativity breakdown, Santa, but I appreciate <laughs> that, uh, that you're not that perhaps that that's that may be a niche thing just for me as a whole. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have uh, a Megan has promised or Megan and her family have promised to leave you a cookie this year with blue icing in honor of your favorite co- color. So I just wanted to p- pass that along. And there you can see that on screen as well. Very good. I love that.
2: Yes, I. well, you know, icing, no icing, doesn't matter. I'll still eat it. But blue icing, I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we have a question from, from the McCarthy family here, Santa. Do you remember Slogo, the talking tortoise? Actually, I do,
2: yes. Many years ago, uh, Slogo was very popular, and in, in some ways, I think more for toy collectors, he still is. Uh, I think they made a a second edition of uh, Slogo, and it was much better than the first one. The first one didn't last that long, but uh, they improved the manufacturing process uh, on the second version. So yes, absolutely, I do remember Slogo. Uh,
0: On screen, we have another question from Elsie. She wants to know, how do you visit the houses that don't have chimneys like her Grammys? Well, I do have
2: what is called, you probably have heard it called Santa's Magic Key. But it is a key that the elves made many years ago. And it does contain magic and allows me to enter through the front door like normal people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I still
2: use the chimney, though, when I can.
0: I, I think this is a question from a concerned parent, uh, Ryan Yeager. He says Is Amanda Yeager on the nice list? Also, it's her birthday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hello Amanda, happy birthday to you and I have a very merry christmas. I can't divulge publicly people's status on the nice list.
1: We can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I can
2: confirm nor deny. But uh Amanda has uh
1: Amanda's been very good this year. Lindsay asks uh, what kind of treats should you be let is our best to leave you on Christmas Eve and should they leave any treats for the reindeer and and apparently there's some concern here they just moved so they want to make sure that you're able to find them. Yes, we get uh, those concerns every year about new
2: houses or they're going to be at a relative's house for Christmas and they're very concerned that we won't find them but I don't believe we've ever missed anyone. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. And yes, we are very aware that you are living in a new house and do not be concerned about that at all.
0: I love this question from the Hopke family. What's the favorite toy you've ever delivered?
2: Oh my goodness, that's that's amazing. I don't know. There are so many. Uh, I will go with um, many years ago. Uh, The request for a toy was actually not a toy at all. It was actually a bell from my sleigh. And so that was delivered. And I thought
1: that was one of the most special gifts ever. That's a good one. All right. So Shannon asks, do you get cavities or do you worry about your dental health with all the cookies and treats that you get on Christmas Eve? No, no, no. Dr. Isthmus is our dentist
2: here at the North Pole. And we get regular checkups and...
1: Contrary to popular belief, I don't eat cookies 365 days a year. <laughs> you eat like 365 days worth of cookies one day a year. That's a it's, pretty impressive haul. That is true. But, uh, no, we uh, we have very good uh, dental care.
2: So, no, I have all my teeth, and thank goodness.
0: <laughs> the Phillips family wants to know how Mrs. Claus is doing and what she's doing.
2: Mrs. Claus right now is up uh, – Working on a database for the workshop for 2021, and you thought all she did was bake cookies, didn't
1: you? <laughs> uh, we she's know, pretty- we know. Behind every good man is a woman who is supremely organized. Him, she and, is. Uh, yes, and on <laughs> she
2: <laughs> is very. She's a computer whiz. She's very good with databases and doing everything like that. And there have been a few years uh, where I've been ill or through my back out that she actually delivered the toys. She can do a lot of
0: things. Never underestimate the magic of the entire Claus family. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I I apologize. I lost the name from this one on the scroll, but there was another question that I liked. Do you have a favorite Christmas carol?
2: Actually, I do. I, I like uh, Bing Crosby's White Christmas.
0: Ah, I've that. always
2: loved that song.
0: Fantastic choice.
2: And when that plays... You know, it's Christmas time.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Well, Santa, uh, why don't we go to your, your next story? Okay. And while he is reading, please feel free to click that link and donate to Lee summit social services while we're doing that. Santa will now be reading one, one of the favorites, Polar Express.
2: Yes, this is going to be a little bit longer, so settle in, everyone.
1: You can keep those questions coming, and we'll follow up with those at the end of the story.
2: Yes. On Christmas Eve many years ago, I lay quietly in my bed. I did not rustle the sheets. I breathed slowly and silently. I was listening for a sound, a sound a friend had told me I'd never hear, the ringing bells of Santa's sleigh. There's no Santa, my friend had insisted, but I knew he was wrong. Later that night, I did hear sounds, though not of ringing bells. From outside came the sounds of hissing steam and squeaking metal. I looked through my window and saw a train standing perfectly still in front of my house. It was wrapped in an apron of steam. Snowflakes fell lightly around it. A conductor stood at the open door of one of the cars. He took a large pocket watch from his vest, then looked up at my window. I put up my sli- put on my slippers and robe. I tiptoed downstairs and out the door. All aboard, the conductor cried out. I ran up to him. Well, he said, are you coming? Where, I asked. Why, the North Pole, of course, was his answer. This is the Polar Express. I took his outstretched hand and he pulled me up aboard. The train was filled with other children all in their pajamas and nightgowns. We sang Christmas carols. We ate candies with nougat centers as white as snow. We drank hot cocoa as thick and rich as melted chocolate bars. Outside, the lights of towns and villages flickered in the distance as the Polar Express raced northward. Soon there were no more lights to be seen. We traveled through the cold, dark forests where lean wolves roamed and white-tailed rabbits hid from our train as it thundered through the quiet wilderness. We climbed mountains so high, it seemed as if they would scrape the moon, but the Polar Express never slowed down. Faster and faster we ran along, rolling over peaks and through valleys like a car on a roller coaster. The mountains turned into hills, the hills to snow-covered plains, We crossed a barren desert of ice, the great polar ice cap. Lights appeared in the distance, and they looked like the lights of a strange ocean liner sailing on a frozen sea. There, said the conductor, is the North Pole. The North Pole. It was a huge city standing alone at the top of the world, filled with factories where every Christmas toy was made. At first we saw no elves. They were gathered at the center of the city, the conductor had told us. That is where Santa will give the first gift of Christmas. Who receives the first gift, we all asked? The conductor answered, he will choose one of you. Look, shouted one of the children, the elves. Outside we saw hundreds of elves as the train drew closer into the center of the North Pole. We slowed to a crawl so crowded were the streets with Santa's helpers. When the Polar Express could go no further, we stopped and the conductor led us outside. We pressed through the crowd to the edge of a large open circle. In front of us stood Santa's sleigh. They pranced and paced. The reindeer were excited and they were ringing their silver sleigh bells that hung from their harnesses. It was a magical sound like nothing I'd ever heard. Across the circle, the elves moved apart and Santa Claus appeared. The elves cheered wildly. He marched over to us and pointing to me, he said, let's have this fellow here. He jumped into his sleigh. The conductor handed me up and I sat on Santa's knee and he asked, now, what would you like for Christmas? I knew I could have any gift that I could imagine, but the thing I wanted most for Christmas was not inside Santa's giant bag. What I wanted more than anything was one silver bell from Santa's sleigh. When I asked, Santa smiled. Then he gave me a hug and told an elf to cut a bell from the reindeer's harness. The elf tossed it up to Santa. He stood holding the bell high above him, and he called out, "'The first gift of Christmas!' A clock struck midnight, and the elves roared their approval. Santa handed the bell to me, and I put it in my bathrobe pocket. The conductor helped me down from the sleigh. Santa shouted out the reindeer's names and cracked the whip. His team charged forward and climbed into the air. Santa circled up once above us and then disappeared in the cold, dark polar sky. As soon as we were back inside the Polar Express, the other children asked, to see the bell in my pocket. I reached into my pocket, but the only thing I felt was a hole. I had lost the silver bell from Santa Claus's sleigh. Let's hurry outside and look for it, one of the children said, but the train gave a sudden lurch and started moving. It was too late. We were on our way home. It broke my heart to lose the bell. When the train reached my house, I sadly left the other children. I stood at my doorway and waved goodbye. The conductor said something from the moving train, but I couldn't hear him. What, I yelled out. He cupped his hands around his mouth. Merry Christmas, he shouted. The Polar Express let out a loud blast from the whistle and it sped away. On Christmas morning, my little sister Sarah and I opened our presents. When it looked as if everything had been unwrapped, Sarah found one last small box behind the tree. It had my name on it. Inside was the silver bell. There was a note. Found this in my seat on my sleigh. Fix that hole in your pocket, signed Mr. C. I shook the bell. It made the most beautiful sound my sister and I had ever heard. But my mother said, oh, that's too bad. Yes, said my father, it's broken. When I'd shaken the bell, my parents had not heard the beautiful sound. At one time, most of my friends could could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe the end. And I believe this is what you're looking for. <laughs> oh,
0: there, it is.
1: there it is. There it is. I hope everybody can hear that.
0: <laughs> that story just never gets old. I love that one.
1: Absolutely. Once again, thank you to uh, Budget Blinds for for sponsoring us and, and helping us put this on this evening. That this is an awesome show and an awesome time for everybody. to. And I know it's, it's a challenge this year to get out and uh, interact and, and, and get in person, so it's it's great that we can do this thing. We do have more questions. A bunch of them came in. Nick, there's one I'm going to require you to read because you are responsible in many ways for <laughs> it. But I'm not so, but there are other ones here. So Ben asks, do you often or ever get rained and snowed on as you deliver?
2: Oh yes, all the time. That's uh, one reason why everybody always will ask. Well, is Rudolph going to, you know, be leading the sleigh team? Oh, every Christmas, because the weather varies across the world, obviously. And usually when we get to Great Britain, you're going to get rain, snow or a combination thereof. And in many parts of the United States, Canada and South America, it's going to be hot. You might get rained on there. So, yes, you have all different kinds of weather that you have to deal with on Christmas Eve. Everybody likes to say, "Oh, you only work one
0: day a year." Well, yes, <laughs> <guess> again. <laughs> I like this question from Carter. Where did you meet Mrs. Claus? Oh, Mrs. Cla- oh, well,
2: let's see. We met. Was it six hundred and seventy-five years ago? And it was actually uh, in in Turkey where we met at the time. And then um, we kind of hit it off, and eventually she became Mrs. Claus. That's the short-form story. (laughs) (laughs) It's only an hour show, people.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm sure that's a whole book of its own, The Courtship of Mrs. Claus.
2: Actually, there is a book, I believe, uh, you would have to Google it, but yeah, there is a there is a uh, definitely at least a book uh, about Mrs. Claus. So yes,
0: I am now going to pass one of the questions that was posted by my son. And uh, hi, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie's a good egg, but he really wants to know: Is the North Pole a recognized state by the United Nations?
2: Is uh, the North Pole is independent of any country? It's not considered a country itself. I mean, after all, it's basically ice at the top of the world. Now, we have the village, sometimes known as Christmastown, depending on who you talk to, or Santa's village. But it's not uh, a recognized country or city. However, we have special exemptions from all countries, including the United States, on Christmas Eve to to fly safely through their
1: airspace so that we can deliver gifts. Awesome. All right. We have uh, another question from the Sanning household. So, and this kind of goes a different direction. In modern technology, how do you avoid appearing on all these cameras that everybody's got in their houses and outside their houses now? It's very, very tough. Let me tell you, it used to be so easy because nobody had a camera
2: and you just boom in, boom out. But now, yes, everybody has surveillance and, uh, you know, they're all trying to catch you and it's very tough. So again, we have to move fast. So far, most of the time, we're a little bit faster than the camera. So you might get a blur. That's the best you're going to get. But I'm sure the time is coming down the road where they're finally going to catch up with us, and there will be some images clear
1: of me in your house on Christmas Eve. Trust I don't, me, buy it. I
2: don't think it's
1: going to happen. happen. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna avoid all those cameras. I can tell. So,
0: I'm gonna pass on a question from the Hughes family and Santa. A few years ago, when you were you were on this podcast, we we had a little bit of a conversation about beard care, and you had some tips. But the Hughes family would like to know: Do you ever shave the beard? No, never.
2: No, even if I happen to trim it up, it it almost makes me cry to do that. I it it's a It's a bit of an emotional thing, honestly, to do anything to it because, you know, this doesn't grow overnight. So, yeah, I take very good care of it. And uh, the best I can do, the best I do is trim it up a little bit, shave it off. No.
0: Can you confirm or deny that the beard is the source of some of your magic?
2: Uh, it is not. It looks nice, <laughs> but it is not. There's no magic in the beard. I'm afraid. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, you! I, I think that you've just you've made a lot of people in the world very sad that their beards aren't magic either. They were <laughs> hoping if Santa's beard was magic, perhaps mine would be too. But no. Now, many people in the world, or you specifically, you and Nick. I have no. I have no fantasies about the uh, magic. Uh, so, I, I gave up on that we, hope a long really time ago helps cover up the second chin that's the the magic that this beard provides really as a whole
0: we have a reverse uh question from the earlier the earlier data question when when you were asked about the number of kids on the nice list madeline wants to know how many kids are on the naughty list is madeline trying to find out if she's on the naughty list Well, look, it's okay. Look, we've got a longer in training. Though. If
1: Santa said there was zero, then she'd know she wasn't. But beyond that, it could be. Who knows? Santa <laughs> are, are you going to evade the answer here as well? No, I'm not going to evade it. It's about five hundred and seven million
2: two hundred and thirty four thousand six hundred seventeen. But there's as still of three minutes ago.
1: Now is that a is that a thing that's um, that there's time? for, so you can fix that between now and Christmas, or do you lock that in? Oh, no, 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 no. You can, you can fix it right up until Christmas Eve. Absolutely. So Santa's List has a very late close date, people. You you have time (laughs) to get on the nice list. Make sure that you're there. But I would like to say one thing, and
2: I know that everybody's concerned about the naughty and nice list at this point in time during the year, but I think it's something that you need to get into a mind frame of, being concerned about it, 365 days a year. Let's all be a little nicer. Let's all be a little kinder, and let's all spread a little more joy. And boy, the world would be so much better if we could just do a little bit of that.
0: Santa, what's the best way to spread Christmas cheer?
2: It's singing loud for all to hear.
0: There we go. Hey, uh, we'll thank our sponsors, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit again. Uh, one of the one of the Budget Blinds family, Courtney Stoddard, just posted on there that that Duke and Bert they miss taking their pictures with you, and they're ready for next year when we can be in person. Again. Oh, I
2: miss
1: Duke and I miss Bert. Oh my goodness, they suppose, are the, they are dogs. By the way, just for yes, the, the listening audience, just so we're clear that uh, Courtney's Courtney's babies are four four legged. <laughs> yes, especially when they're dressed up in elf outfits or something like that.
0: Yeah. Caleb would like to know if you have a favorite country to visit on your delivery schedule.
2: See, you kind of get into that favorite reindeer area again when you start doing that. I have a few that aren't my favorites, but I'm not going to say that. I bet you can figure it out, though, if you think <laughs> about it a little bit. Um, I do. I I enjoy visiting uh, both Warmer climates and colder climates. Uh, I really, though, prefer it colder, so I like going through Canada. That's wonderful. Uh, The United States is normally pretty good. Uh, So, you know, places like that. Uh, But most of the areas in the world I enjoy going through. Let's leave it at that.
0: There we go. (laughs) This one's going to be a little bit of a repeat, but maybe maybe for those who who came on late – uh, there's a question from the Adams family. How do you deliver all of the presidents? Presidents? <laughs> wow. Wow. Somebody Somebody's been watching too much, uh, too much news. Too much news. That's Nana. How do you deliver all of the presents in time for Christmas morning?
2: Well, as I s- said earlier, um, we actually – everybody thinks you just have one night, which is not true because, of course, part of the world is ahead – of the other part as far as time and days go. So we have about 36 hours all together. And as I said before, the when we first started this, the ancient elf, which is the oldest elf of all the elves, obviously getting the ancient elf title, uh, as he told me when uh, we started doing this, time and night travel with you. So it will never You will never be late. You will never not complete your mission. It's a special magical time only happens once a year that allows me to complete my mission. Time is normal for you all. It slows down for me for that one night and 36 hours worth. And that's how it happens. There we go. All right. So we could get into the whole space time continuum thing,
1: but that's a whole show. In that, a, in and the, that's, a, that's a whole different podcast than yeah. what we're, we're, we're all about. <laughs> Lucy... This, Lucy is a one
0: oh, this is a 101 class. This is that's, very a, that's
1: a different <laughs> level. <try> <laughs> Lucy, Lucy wants to know the name of the elf that is behind you on your desk. Oh, that is Marmalade, the elf. Elf in training
2: to become a workshop or a toy-making elf. And Marmalade is currently observing the, the Zoom call tonight because... Marmalade's not really familiar with zoom calls. So had a little bit of curiosity. So I allowed Marmalade to be in on the call tonight.
0: I'm gonna to remind everybody that we are taking donations for Lee Summit Social Services during this event tonight. So please click that link. We've seen it scroll across the screen. It's in the comments section. Give it a click and help Lee Summit Social Services continue their mission to help people in need in our community. Before we get to your next Story Santa. Uh, I, I, this is a question I, I've seen a few times. I think we all wonder this one. What are you doing in the off season? Do you, do you really like to go to the beach? You know, how are you making sure things keep going, but you also get a little downtime?
2: No beaches. Nobody wants to see this in a speedo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I enjoy I enjoy we're body, we're body positive here, Santa. I don't know. I think it's fine, but I understand your concern. <laughs> um,
2: Christmas Day, I sleep a lot while everyone else is celebrating playing with their new toys and I'm looking at you, Nick. Um, I, I like yeah. to sleep a lot. Yeah, and rest <laughs> up. and it takes it, it will take probably about a month to recover from all of the toy making and the crush of the Christmas season. And then we start planning for next Christmas, but at a much slower pace. So uh, no beaches or anything like that. If I had my choice, probably a mountain cabin somewhere with a little snow on the mountaintops. Now, that would be my idea of a good time.
0: I'm with you, Santa. That sounds fantastic. That's it. All right.
1: So one more question before our last story from Megan. What's your favorite type of milk to go with all those cookies? Contrary to popular opinion, I am not
2: lactose intolerant, so milk is fine. Uh, usually with the cookies, I usually get a lot of chocolate and chocolate chip cookies, so plain white milk is fine. I do like a good chocolate milk, though, once in a while, but most of it, of what I get on Christmas Eve is uh, is plain white milk, and that's perfectly fine.
0: All right. Well, we are going to hear one more story with Santa. We'll be back with a couple more questions to wrap things up. But here is an all-time favorite, The Night Before Christmas.
2: Yes, and originally this was called A Visit from St. Nicholas, but most everyone knows it as The Night Before Christmas. It was written in 1822 by my good friend Clement Clark Moore, who actually did kind of catch me on my visit uh, to his house and he wrote a very famous poem. He never thought that anybody was gonna care about that poem except for his family, and needless to say, he was wrong. Twas the night before Christmas, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And mama and her kerchief and I and my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and he shouted, and he called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves up before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. "'and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. "'A wink of his eye and a twist of his head "'soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. "'He spoke not a word, but he went straight to his work. "'He filled all of your stockings, "'and then he turned with a jerk, "'and laying a finger aside of his nose "'and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. "'He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle.' and away they all flew like the down of a thistle but i heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight happy christmas to all and to all a good night the end
0: still my favorite
2: after
1: all these years excellent <laughs> thank you santa all right we have a few more questions that we're going to squeeze in before we we call it a night we we're going to start from tiffany Tiffany uh, asks, um, when did you first deliver presents?
2: Uh, The first time we delivered presents, that was in 1642. That's the first time that we delivered presents to other places other than villages close to the North Pole. Now, before that, before we started branching out with the flying reindeer and everything, we just, uh, I guess you could call it test runs to people close by and villages near the North Pole. And we delivered to a few families. And then we decided that this is something that needs to go worldwide to celebrate Christmas and what Christmas stands for for people. And so then that's when we started branching out. And so 1642 really was the first time that we uh, took flight.
0: That is awesome. I, I like I like this one from the from the Corbin family. this is this this is awesome. He what they want to know about the amenities in the sleigh. Is it magic? Do you have some other creature comforts? Maybe a TV? What's it like <laughs> inside the sleigh?
2: The sleigh is not really magic. It does not fly without the reindeer. so it, it has to have the reindeer. We do have latest technology in the uh, in the sleigh that allows us to uh, have advanced GPS capabilities. Uh, We also have the ability to, I guess you could say, jump through a wormhole, if you will, from one place to another, uh, if we need to. So we can, uh, you know, by using the wormhole technology, we can get from, say, Boston to Paris in two blinks of an eye. Most importantly,
0: do you have heated seats? No.
1: (laughs) I don't like heated seats. I like air-conditioned seats. (laughs)
2: Fair fair
1: enough. All right. So Claire asks, uh, if you, if we're, if they're not going to be able to give you cookies or mince pies, like you, you mentioned earlier, what kind of, uh, what kind of treats would you recommend for Santa this year?
2: Well, I know what Mrs. Claus would answer. She would say nothing but vegetables.
1: However, she's not here right now. Is, hold on. Wh- why is What is it and why is the answer tacos? That's what we really want to do. We have to stay on brand for our podcast. So we're encouraging tacos as your choice. But you get to pick. Tacos. Tell us what. Well, tacos. Um,
2: I, loved, I do love tacos. I don't think it's probably a good thing for Santa to eat and then travel to other people's houses. Let's just put it at that.
0: I think that's fair. I, I no, like Deborah Sanding's question. Would you prefer Stroud's chicken?
2: Oh, anyone that wants to leave Stroud's in the Kansas City area—I believe that's where you all are—that would be great. Barbecue would be great. Oh, yes, that would be fine. <laughs>
1: there we go. So now we're going to expand the Christmas palette for you, Santa. That I think that's what we're. We're aiming to do. So I'm going to go back to your 1642 delivery. What kinds of toys were you delivering back then when you first were delivering toys? This kind of plays off Meredith's question about the first toy the elves made. Well, it's kind of uh, mostly wooden. <laughs> A lot of wooden toys.
2: And uh, the majority of them at that time were actually hand-carved. They're really now worth millions of dollars, of course, because you can't find hand-carved toys like were made back then anywhere so most of them were wooden hand carved or they were like the heavy metal like stagecoaches and things like that and a few stuffed animals also we had teddy bears and things like that
0: well Santa I'd have just a few more questions here as we wrap things up the first one is this and Jason I usually like to ask this question when we have Political candidates on, but I think this is important. It's for our brand, but it's also something the people need to know.
1: Look, Santa's approval rating is higher than any politician we could name. Well, that's so true. we're we're gonna go with this. That's good,
0: Santa. If Jason and I were to put two plates on the hearth for you this year,
1: oh, you're doing it.
0: One had burgers and one had tacos. Which one are you picking up?
2: I'm gonna I, look. If it was just one house stop, I'd probably eat the tacos. But it's not. I have to get around the world. It's going to have to be the burgers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whichever one of you guys. That's, I That's all
1: right. Look, I, if, if there is any guest we have ever had on this podcast who can get away with answering burgers even for a second, it's Santa Claus. <laughs> That's it's the one. Like, Matt Sanning tried burgers and – You know, bless him and his organization for all the good they do. You can still donate to Lee Summit Social Services even after we're done. But he can't get away with saying burgers without an endless pile of trouble being heaped upon him forevermore. But you, Santa, you can go burger anytime you want. And we're going to go with you because you are Santa Claus. (laughs) Thank
2: you guys so much. Um, Just a quick word, if I could. I know we're about out of time just to... For budget blinds, for stepping up and doing things like this, they—I know that they are a big supporter of Lee Summit Social Services, and a big supporter of you guys as well. And they do wonderful things. Uh, the family, of budget blinds, great people, wonderful people. Uh, they have obviously great dogs that I love very much, but uh, and even just the whole downtown uh, Lee Summit. You, you, you people in Lee Summit are very lucky. Because as I travel a lot, obviously, you have a very unique situation. You have a thriving downtown that many cities simply do not have and haven't had for many, many years. So enjoy it, help it grow, help it keep going, even in these difficult times. It is a fantastic place. And I'm hoping to be able to come back next year and be there in person.
0: Well, Santa, I'm going to echo the thoughts from the Dooley family. They wanted to express their love and their thanks for you for taking some time to visit us all, even virtually this year, for figuring out a way to make it work, and for joining us here on this live stream. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. We will replay this on Friday, tomorrow, and that actually is going to be our final podcast for the year 2020.
1: we can't top it, so why even try?
0: Why try? We'll be back in January. Santa, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Santa. We appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. All the love and a Merry Christmas to you and a Merry Christmas to everybody else. We'll talk to everyone in January. Merry Christmas to Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas
2: to everyone.